Before we begin today's show, we must start off with a very important public health announcement by the very stable, totally healthy guy who wants to be your next president, Joe Biden. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. You just, you think about it. You think about more, more years and years and lives and years. And come on, man. Come on, man. I don't know about the public health announcement. I think someone has to look into Joe Biden's health. And I think also we need to look into the data, new data on the coronavirus that continues to blow up the outrageous alarmism and hysteria pushed by political exploiters to lock you up and try to steal an election. We'll get into all of it. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from yesterday is from Michael, great name. Type Antifa.com into your browser. Just go ahead and do it. Type Antifa.com into your browser. Comes up as Joe Biden's campaign website. That is really great. It's a great little trick by whoever bought Antifa.com. And it gets to an important truth because as we talked about yesterday, there is no meaningful difference between the Black Lives Matter organization and Antifa and the Democratic Party. There is no meaningful difference between the rioters who are burning down the country and the political elites who are ordering them to do so. Now we've got to move from all these questions of race riots and madness into another public health threat, the lockdowns and the coronavirus too, I guess, but more the lockdowns, which we will get into first though. Got to thank our friends over at LifeLock. Unless you secure yourself on the internet, you are totally wide open to bad actors trying to steal your stuff. I don't know how I can make this clearer. I, and I, I feel like I got to make it clear because I used to not believe this I used, until people start trying to hack into your stuff. People start trying to steal your stuff, especially right now with the increase in cyber learning. Very important to keep your kids' personal information safe. Make sure they're not sharing any sensitive personal information online, including anything that can help a cyber criminal steal their identity. Very, very important. And now everyone is online all the time, whether it's work from home, whether it's distance learning. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they will send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can find out if your information is on the dark web. Go get your free dark web scan at lifelock.com slash Knowles. You pick the plan that's right for you. You save up to 25% off your first year. That is a free scan at lifelock.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, and 25% off. Let's get an actual public health update. 6%. 6%. You know what that number stands for? 6% stands for the number of people who have... Uh, died, listed as a COVID death, who have died exclusively from COVID, who did not have other comorbidities, who did not have other underlying health conditions. 6%. This according to the CDC. You can still find it on the CDC website, but you can't find it on Twitter because Twitter took down this little unfortunate inconvenient fact that 94%, 94% of COVID cases, of COVID deaths rather, have involved 
comorbidities, other factors. This has been something that we've seen. I mean, this is not even a joke. You could get shot in the head and be listed as a COVID death. That has happened. There have been a lot of uh, games that have gone on with these statistics here. So far, 183,221 deaths overall. That means that 11,000 people, just under 11,000 people have died solely from COVID. What's the median age of a COVID death? Median age of a COVID death in the United States is 80. Life expectancy in the United States is 78.6. Twitter took down this fact because they said, well, you don't understand how this works. Sure, there might be other comorbidities, but that doesn't mean that it's not a COVID death. Well, yeah, it doesn't mean that COVID perhaps didn't contribute to the death. But what are we really looking at? To believe the mainstream media, to believe the Democratic Party, you have perfectly healthy young people in the prime of their life dropping like flies from coronavirus. But that isn't happening. To believe the Democrats and the mainstream media, you've got young children who are totally at risk from coronavirus. That's why they have, we have to put them in those bubble suits now when they go to do their distance learning at the schoolhouses that are closed because you can't have in-person school. You can only have distance learning at the school for some reason. Obviously, that is not the case either. And Twitter takes it down. You won't find that. Go, go search on Twitter. Find, try to find the 6%. The big viral posts about this, all taken down in the name of disinformation. Who's really spreading the disinformation? You know, it's just like the left always accuses Trump of spreading hate and racism and division. Meanwhile, the left is burning down the entire country and sowing hate and racism and division. Well, it's the same thing here. They have been spreading misinformation about this virus, about this lockdown since day one. And now when you try to correct that information using data from the CDC, they take you down for spreading fake news. Here's another statistic. 90%, 90% of people who test positive for coronavirus no longer are contagious. This is according to the New York Times, by the way. In three sets of testing data that include cycle thresholds compiled by officials in Massachusetts, New York, and Nevada, up to 90% of people testing positive carried barely any virus. They were not spreading it to other people. Now, we've been told that if you have no symptoms whatsoever and no, no sign that you have this virus, that you're asymptomatic. And if you dare to leave your home, you are going to kill granny. You're going to kill thousands and thousands of people. Now, what was that based on? Nothing. That was based on nothing. That was based on politicians trying to get you to imprison yourself for six or seven months. Right now, we're in September. We're in September. We've been dealing with the coronavirus since February, maybe end of January. When did the lockdowns take place? March, March, 15 days to slow the spread. You remember that? March. Well, now summer's over. Now, six months of your life, gone. Can't go to stores, can't go to work. Probably weren't able to take that summer vacation. In LA, for long periods, you weren't able to go to the beach. That's the only reason to live in LA. Your life has been so dramatically affected. Did it need to be? Wasn't really that affected by, you know, the Asian flu, the H1N1, he wasn't, it wasn't this affected by the Spanish flu in 1918 that killed millions and millions of people. So what happened here? Politicians, that's what happened here. You know, I mentioned these statistics, but you have to be wary of statistics. 
Conservatives need to be very wary of statistics. And there's nothing anti-intellectual about that. We have to remember that there are lies, damned lies in statistics. We have to remember that statistics were invented for progressivism. The word statistics comes from statist, comes from the state. It's, it's data for the state, for the purpose of serving the state. It rose up with the social sciences. It rose up with progressivism to uh, basically funnel this raw data into the administrative bureaucracy to give them a justification for passing the de facto laws that they pass. Whereas in the past, we used to have debate about these sorts of things. So you got to be very careful with statistics because statistics can be manipulated. And I got to tell you, sure looks like that's what's been happening for the past six months. What about the death toll? There's a new study out that shows that, in fact, the cure was not just worse than the virus, it was 10 times worse than the virus. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, I got to thank our friends over at Pure Talk USA. Very frustrating, as you know, to pay for something. Then you find out you could have gotten it somewhere for a way better deal. I, I know what you're thinking. You say, well, Pure Talk, they probably have some different cell network and it's, yeah, sure, it's, it's okay, but I want the really top ones. I like whatever, ta- whatever I use, ATT, Verizon, or whatever. What if I told you that Pure Talk USA uses the exact same network as one of those characters? The exact same. Same towers, same exact coverage, but it costs you half. You keep your phone, they send you a new SIM card, you get the same great service you currently have, but at half the price. Unlimited talk, unlimited text, and two gigs of data for $20 a month. 20. Not 20 plus 80, not 20 plus 100, 20. The average person right now is saving $400 a year with Pure Talk USA. Their customer service also right here in the U.S. Their CEO is a U.S. veteran who understands what it means to serve this country. Right now, you get unlimited talk, unlimited text, two gigs of data for just $20 a month. All you need to do is grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, say keyword Michael Knowles. That is pound or hashtag 250 and say keyword Michael Knowles. When you do, you will save 50% off your first month. There's a new uh, study. This came out in Revolver. The COVID-19 lockdowns are 10 times deadlier than the virus. 10 times deadlier. Who could have predicted that? Who could have called that? Oh yes, we could have called that on this show six months ago. We suggested this sort of thing. A lot of people, I don't want to just take credit for that. A lot of people said, gosh guys, when you shut down the global economy and imprison people in their homes for months and months at a time, you know, drug overdoses might go up, suicides might go up, uh, unemployment, the obviously deaths of despair, other issues might come up. And it's true. How did they calculate this? They, they calculated this in terms of years of life lost by American citizens. So uh, the lockdowns in the United States are estimated to have saved a quarter to three quarters of a million life years, right? So one year of life for one person, that would be a life year. So the lockdowns, to their credit, did save a quarter to three quarters of a million life years, according to this study. However, the lockdowns cost us an estimated 18.7 million life years. So, would seem to me, I'm no math genius, that it wasn't quite worth it. And yet we're still doing it, aren't we? There's no real plan to reopen in California. What's the plan to reopen in other cities around this country? New York, maybe a little bit. D.C., maybe a little bit. 15 days to slow the spread was announced in the middle of March. Speaking of death, 
the left wants our country to die. That sounds like an over-the-top headline, doesn't it? Sounds like a parody of what a conservative might say. The left wants our country to die. Well, what if I told you that right now, separate from the virus, because you know the virus is very contagious if you're a conservative, but if you're a leftist gathering by the thousands in the streets, it's not contagious at all. There are gangs of leftists gathering around the country, chanting, death to America. Take a listen to Oakland, California. There are, there's a lot of them, not socially distanced. If you weren't going to expect some kind of foreign accent, you could think that that was taken on the streets of Tehran. You could think that that was taken on the streets of Saddam Hussein's Iraq. You could think that that was taken somewhere in the world where people hate our guts but it's not. It's actually from California. It's actually from Oakland. They're not hiding it anymore. When Colin Kaepernick started his anti-American protest, now years ago, he took a knee for the Star Spangled Banner for the American flag. And I said at the time, and I know a lot of conservatives said, huh, that's disrespectful. That's very wrong. They said, no, he's not protesting the country. He's protesting police brutality. I said, well, that's kind of weird because the American flag is not a symbol of police brutality. It's a symbol of America. And he's protesting that. They said, no, it's police brutality. You just don't understand. He's just doing it for racial justice, whatever that means. Then he started protesting the Betsy Ross flag. Then they started to burn the American flag. Now they are chanting out and out, death to America. What more do we need to know? You know, there's this thing that we we try to do, especially conservatives try to do this because we try to be really nice people. We say, look, the left, they love their country too. Look, we love our country. And so we hoist the American flag and celebrate America's traditions and recognize the 4th of July and revere our founding fathers. And, you know, so we, that's how we celebrate America. And the left, the way they express their love for America is by burning down the flag in the entire country. But those are just different ways of, of celebrating your country. And you can't say that one side doesn't love America. I think if you're chanting death to America, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you don't particularly love your country. Now, where does this come from? Well, a lot of it comes from the racial hatred that has been stoked, that has been intentionally pushed by the left, by elected Democrats and by the mainstream media, and by the university, and by big tech, and by every other aspect of the liberal establishment. So much so now that you you have a Death of America chant tying into the BLM chant, tying into not just Black Lives Matter, but tying into the phrase, white lives do not matter, which was posted by a young man who ran up to just a middle-aged white guy walking down the street and smacked him in the head with a brick. See the guy running up, goes up, clobbers this guy in the head, goes down. And then feral animals filming this across the street laugh and joke and then say, oh, ha, 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 how great that was that this guy got smacked in the head. And what did they post on Instagram when this went up? Young man, you got knocked TF out, ha, 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 you bet not run, ha, 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 UNK, I don't know what that means tried to kill yo. 
white lives do not matter, black lives matter. This was another guy who was attacked in a, another racial crime that you will never see in the mainstream media. Obviously, if the racial roles had been reversed here, the country would shut down. The country already is shut down with race riots, but it would have shut down again. There would be a call for a national conversation about race, about white privilege, about the systemic oppression and the racism and the blah, 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 blah. And instead, what's going to happen? This video is going to be completely buried by the mainstream media. What would possess somebody? to go up and do this sort of thing to a guy for what it would appear to be purely racial hatred. What would possess somebody to giggle and laugh while you film this happening like a beast? Well, you would have to be so deep in the well of racial hatred. Where did that come from? Didn't come from nowhere. Didn't just bubble up from the bottom. This was planned and pushed from the top, which we will get to in one second. First though, got to thank our friends over at Rock Auto. You know that uh, in the heat wave in LA, I know there was a heat wave going on in the rest of the country. The last thing you want to be doing is sitting around waiting for your car to get out of the shop. You don't want that. RockAuto.com makes it so much easier than walking into a store and someone demanding quick answers to things like, hey, do you have the who's he what's us for my doodad car or whatever? You know me. I don't know a whole lot about cars, right? So when I am talking to an actual car parts salesman at a brick and mortar, I am, t I am totally vulnerable. They can do whatever they want. I don't know prices. I don't know nothing. RockAuto.com makes it so easy. Because first of all, the brick and mortar usually then doesn't have the part. They go online. They probably order it from RockAuto. They charge you twice as much. Skip that part. RockAuto.com, you can get it at your desk. You can get it in your pocket. They are a family business. They've served auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've always got the lowest prices. No gimmicks. You don't need to worry about that. And best of all, their website is so simple to navigate. Even I can do it. That's shocking. Same prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Really a great company. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Knowles, Canada W L E S in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Another one took place uh, just over the past few days. 51-year-old white male was the victim of an unprovoked stabbing at an auto zone. This was on August 25th. The victim uh, was in critical condition but is now expected, hopefully, to recover. Why was he stabbed? Suspect was 19-year-old named Javon Hatchett, a black male who uh, told the police that he targeted this suspect, who was an employee at the AutoZone, because of his white skin. He actually told him this. So how did this guy, how did this fellow, Javon Hatchett, decide that he was going to go out and stab white people one day? He told the police, he, quote, felt the need to find a white male to kill after watching videos of police brutality on social media. Look, this guy might just be a total psychopath who should be thrown in the clink for his entire life or worse, but let's take him at his word. Let's say that he really was just watching these videos of police brutality on social media and he got radicalized. I think that's true of a lot of people in this country. I think a lot of people in this country, even people who aren't going out smacking people with bricks or stabbing people, I think they seriously believe that there is such a thing as white supremacy or white privilege. Now, there's no evidence for this, right? What is white privilege? We only have one legal system of legal racial discrimination in this country. It's called affirmative action. It privileges black and Hispanic applicants. It disadvantages white and Asian applicants to colleges and, and other institutions. That's the only one. That's obviously not white privilege. That's white disadvantage. 
But they believe that that exists. And more than the privilege, they believe that there's a system of white supremacy and white oppression. What does that look like? They can't tell you. They tell you it's so subtle that it only comes out in microaggressions and in the system. And it's, it's been pushed by uh, people influenced by Karl Marx and Antonio Gramsci and other thinkers for over a hundred years. And it's gotten worse in the last 50 years. That is continued to be pushed today. The, you hear left-wing politicians, top left-wing politicians, Joe Biden stoking these flames. Joe Biden launched his presidential campaign by saying that Donald Trump called Nazis and white supremacists very fine people in Charlottesville. That did not happen. We've played the tape many times. In the same two paragraphs where he says the phrase, very fine people, he explicitly says, I'm not talking about white supremacists and neo-Nazis who should be condemned totally. Joe Biden, as utterly vacuous as he is, as totally declined as he is, has to know that. He's just a liar. All of these guys are liars. And these lies have real world consequences. Because if we're going to take this, this criminal from the auto zone at his word, and, and in some ways I do, that means that you've got a, a, a program, a professionalized program in this country of liberal elites uh, ginning up racial hatred for what they believe to be their own electoral benefit. And what you've got to know about these liberal elites is that they're liars. They're stone cold liars. And they are ordering this from the top. Joe Biden tweeted out, quote, this was yesterday, tweeted out. Does anyone believe there will be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? Now you might say, oh, this is Joe being wistful or aspirational because he's saying we need to elect me because only I will come together and bring this racial healing to America. I'm just worried. It's, you know, I'm worried about Donald Trump the same way a mobster walks up and says, gosh, nice restaurant you got here. Sure. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. It's a threat. He's threatening people. If you don't believe that from Joe Biden, he's a little more subtle about it. Take a listen to, to Kamala Harris in June, who was asked about the riots on the Colbert show. And she said, they're not going to stop. I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting on it that I, that right, I had that's right. for the first few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is gonna, they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. So first off, she's encouraging the riots, which so many of the Democrats have done. Second, notice how terrible Kamala Harris is on TV, especially on Colbert's show. Do you remember that other clip where he said, hey, remember when you called Joe Biden a vicious racist? She goes, ha, 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 it was a debate. 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 Ha, 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 ha. It was a debate. It was a debate. And that was all she could only say those three words. Well, same thing here. He goes, it's not going to stop. 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 Some creepy sort of mantra that she keeps repeating, but it's a mantra that the whole left has been repeating. It's not going to stop until November 3rd, until you elect us. And maybe it won't stop after November 3rd. Guess it depends how you vote, America. Nice country you got there. Sure would be a shame if something happened to it. These people are calling for this from the top. And lest you think that they actually believe any of this nonsense that they're peddling about white supremacy or privilege, whatever, 
Just remember, they're liars. I'll just give one example. This is not a racial or a COVID example. This is just on the question of energy and the question of, of fracking, for instance. Uh, the, the Trump campaign put this out yesterday because Joe Biden is saying that Donald Trump is lying about him when Donald Trump says that Joe Biden wants to ban fracking. Right, he's lying about, about Joe Biden. Okay, well, what Joe Biden doesn't realize is that unlike in the 1980s when he thought he could get away with plagiarism and theft because we didn't have home video, now we've got video right at our fingertips. Let's play the tape. I am not banning fracking. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those either any fossil fuel. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking, no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. No more, no new fracking. And by the way, on the Recovery Act, I was able to make sure we invested $90 billion in making sure we brought down the price of solar and wind that is lower than the price of coal. That's why not another new coal plant will be built. I did that while you were watching. Number one. Number two. We, we are, we are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, like, what about say stopping fracking and stopping? Yeah. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil. So not only you got to follow because he changes his tune so often because Joe Biden blows in the wind, but he says I am not going to end fracking. Yeah, we're going to end fracking. Yeah, we're going to phase out fracking. Yeah, there's not going to be new fracking. Yeah, there's not going to be more fracking. Then at one point he says, we're going to end fossil fuels. End fossil fuels. How are you going to power your country? On dreams? On hopes and dreams? No, they're not going to have a country to power. They're going to lock everybody in their homes like they have for the last six months. Just one example, because if, they're, if Joe Biden is willing to lie to you about that, effortlessly, so blatantly, Donald Trump's lying when he says, I'm going to end fracking. Look at the tape. Yeah, we're definitely going to end fracking. If he's willing to lie about you, to you about that, what else are they lying to you about? We will get to that question in a second because it ties in with a major case of so-called police brutality, uh, which we will get to first though. Got to thank all of you for subscribing to the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. We are now close to 200,000 subscribers. And you know, you can get us on YouTube. You can get us on Apple Apple Podcasts and all these sorts of things. Right now, you can get Daily Wire on Apple TV and Roku. You know, obviously, I know you guys listen on Spotify, Facebook, probably MySpace, LiveJournal. I don't know. Right now, we're introducing a new upgraded experience. Daily Wire is on Apple TV and Roku, so members can enjoy all of the visual elements of this podcast on your big screen, either live or on demand. Find the Daily Wire on Apple TV or Roku. Download it today. You have to be an insider member to watch live, so head on over to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use code WATCH at checkout. Get 15% off your membership purchase. This deal will not last long, so act fast if you want live shows on your big screen. Plus, the one-of-a-kind, highly coveted, one and only, Leftist Tears Tumblr. That is dailywire.com slash Knowles. Get 15% off with code WATCH. Download the Daily Wire on your Apple TV and Roku. Today, we'll be right back with a lot more. Jacob Blake. I'm sure you have heard now the story, the legend of Jacob Blake, the victim of police brutality, allegedly. Say his name, the rioters tell us. Jacob Blake. He was that guy who was resisting arrest, remember, and then he 
The cops have guns drawn on him. They tried to fire a taser on him. This guy, like invincible, just walks around, doesn't matter, walks over to a truck, opens up the truck full of kids, reaches in to grab apparently a weapon. There was a weapon hidden there in the truck. And then finally the cops shoot him. And this is called police brutality. Well, people are very upset that Jacob Blake got shot. Not that he resisted arrest, not that he was, had a warrant out for his arrest anyway, but that he was shot. Fundraiser was posted to GoFundMe. Uh, it has now raised over $2 million in donations. That was as of yesterday. Who knows how much it's raised by today? $2 million. Well, what's the real story? You ever wonder why all the pictures you see in the mainstream media, right? All the pictures are Jacob Blake with his kid, Jacob Blake smiling, probably Jacob Blake from the seventh grade sipping a juice box. What a great guy, right? Well, you, you have to ask, why was there a warrant out for his arrest? I know that's politically incorrect to ask that question, but I asked it. So then I did a little research. Turns out that the police who were involved in the shooting of Jacob Blake were attempting to arrest him for violating a restraining order that stemmed from an alleged sexual assault. Uh, the alleged victim claimed that he would just show up in her house and sexually assault her. Now, some people are calling him a rapist, and the, the initial reporting on this was that he was a rapist. It's not quite the case, but it certainly was a sexual assault. The alleged victim told the police here that she has known this man for eight years and that he physically assaults her around twice a year when he drinks heavily. Now, I'd like to also caution the conservatives here. We actually should give this guy his day in court, Jacob Blake, because believe it or not, sometimes people can make up allegations. Don't forget Brett Kavanaugh. Don't forget uh, many other times that we've seen this, especially in the Me Too movement. However, speaking of the Me Too movement, where are the feminists? Where are the leftists to go after this guy? Aren't all women supposed to be believed? Didn't Hillary Clinton tell us, believe all women? What about Jacob Blake's accuser who says that he regularly goes over and beats her and sexually assaults her? Aren't we supposed to believe her? No, because that, that only suits the feminist narrative, which is sometimes convenient, not the racial narrative, which is convenient right now. Now, what do, we, what do we know for sure about this guy, Jacob Blake? We know there was a warrant out for his arrest. We know he was resisting arrest. We know he, while he had cops' guns trained on him, he reached into a car full of kids and tried to grab a weapon. So I got to tell you, doesn't seem like a great guy to me. I am inclined to believe this allegation, just from what we know about this guy, Jacob Blake. But even then, he deserves to stay in court. Why is everybody rushing to the conclusion that he's some kind of saint? The reason they're doing it is because the media and the Democrats and Antifa and BLM, it's all the same thing. And the universities, it's all the exact same. And big tech, right? It could go on all day. They have painted an image for you of this man that has nothing to do with reality. Drew Clavin brings up this example a lot. You read the newspaper. You used to read the newspaper. Now I guess you read the website. But you read the newspaper and you say, wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happening in Iran. Wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's happening with that merger and acquisition. And then you stumble across a story that has something to do with something that you know. So let's say you're a baseball player or you're just a baseball fan. You say, well, I can't believe that's happening with the Yankees. Wait a second. That's not, that's not happening. Wait a minute. No, that story is not true. Okay. Might as well read about all those things I don't know about and believe them. That doesn't make sense because if they're wrong about one thing, they're very likely wrong about other things. If they're lying to you about one thing, they're very likely lying to you about other things. If Joe Biden is going to lie to your face about fracking, some, you know, in most people's lives, a relatively minor issue, actually very, is very important to your life, but 
in terms of your headspace, probably doesn't occupy a lot of your time. If he's going to lie to you so blatantly about that, what else are they lying to you about? You know, they are now saying, I don't know if you, if you watch the RNC, you saw that the RNC wanted to make this big push to show Republicans are not racist, which I always think is sort of pathetic and pandering that we play into the left's accusations. They call us racist. I think we should just ignore them. But the, the Republicans then say, no, we're not racist. We're good people. And I think we should just ignore the Democrats entirely. But regardless, RNC made a big play to show we're not racist. A lot of prominent black speakers, other minorities. The Democrats are now telling you that those black people who are Republicans, who speak at the Republican Party, in some sense, they're not even black. Listen to Tiffany Cross, who's some person filling in for the Joy Reid show, who's another person who apparently has a show on MSNBC. She described the RNC as a minstrel show. That was not a Saturday Night Live sketch. Welcome back to AM Joy. I'm Tiffany Cross. If you watched the Republican National Convention last week, you'd almost think that the Republican Party is the one welcoming people of color, given the big display of diversity. The convention featured more than a dozen African-American speakers alone. But don't be fooled that the party of Trump has suddenly warmed to the same people Trump's policies and sometimes his rhetoric directly harms. As friend of the show, Ellie Massal wrote so eloquently in The Nation, the Republicans invited a cadre of professional black friends to validate Donald Trump and make white people feel a little less racist while still very much supporting white supremacy. I mean, I watched the Republican convention and seeing the slew of black speakers that they had, it really did look like a modern day minstrel show to me. A modern day minstrel show, says the woman who in another breath says that all black people need to think and say exactly the same thing. A modern day minstrel show, says a television network that forces black people to only say and think certain things. And that insists that black people can only say and think certain things. A modern day minstrel show, says the modern day minstrel show. That is rich. That is really rich. I want to hone in on one phrase there, black friend, Ellie Mistal. He's that kind of crazy looking person who goes on left-wing shows sometimes. Ellie Mistal said this, that the GOP, they, they just invited their black friends. And this is like a joke. They say, what, what? The GOP, okay, they've got their black friends and these black friends of theirs are what? They're supposed to prove that you're not racist? This goes into another point the left often makes outside of the realm of party politics. They say, just because you have a black friend doesn't mean you're not racist. And they make fun of this. They say, you're going to deny charges of racism by saying that you have black friends. And, and they laugh at this as though th that would be so crazy. But if you do have black friends, you're probably not racist. That is the case, right? If you're, if you're friends with black people, then you probably don't, don't hate black people probably like some black people, not all black people, probably not all white people either. It's, it's this bizarre thing that the left does, which is it's actually a good argument to say, no, I'm not a racist. Look, I have black friends. And to just mock that they don't explain why that's not a good evidence that you're not a racist. They don't, they don't make any kind of argument. They just insinuate, it's all insinuation. It's all laughing. It's all derision. It's all mockery. It's all scorn. Whenever you see that mockery, that scorn, that sarcasm, which is the last refuge of a, of a slow wit, 
Whenever you see that, that's good evidence. Oh, actually, I've got a pretty good argument here. And then she says, the GOP invites their black friends to prove that they're not racist when in fact they support white supremacy. How does the GOP support white supremacy? You don't have an answer? Makes sense. What is white supremacy? You don't have an answer? Good. I'm here to tell you that you should take white supremacy and you should tuck that away with the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and Santa Claus because white supremacy does not exist. No one can seem to define it. No one can seem to point to it. Everyone says it's somewhere over there, but it's hidden. It's somewhere in that aggression, but it's micro. It's somewhere. It doesn't exist. It's a fake thing. You should, you should ignore it. You should ignore it when people use this ridiculous phrase. It's not real. It's okay. You can come out, you can come out at night. The boogeyman is not there. There's nothing hiding under your bed. There's no white supremacy lurking in the closet. So why do they push it? Why do they push these imaginary things? Why do they push these ridiculous arguments? Why are they so desperate? It's because President Trump is making some inroads with black voters. Now, I don't, I don't want this to be misinterpreted as Donald Trump is going to win 50% of the black vote. That's not going to happen. And I think sometimes conservatives over, overplay their hand a little bit. But we can measure it. There's a new Hill-Harris survey shows black support for Trump, black approval of Trump soared after the RNC. Now, by soaring, it still only went up to 24%. So I'm not saying that the guy is going to win, you know, an Obama share of black voters. He's not going to win 95% or whatever, 92%. However, it's up nine points. So when, in, in August, this was taken, August 11th through, uh, or August 8th through the 11th, and black approval of Trump was 11%. It's now up, or I'm sorry, it was 15%. It's now up nine points which is a 60% increase. That's a big jump after the RNC. The RNC clearly achieved its purpose. And the Democrats are so worried because if the Democrats ever were to lose, say 20% of the black vote, I'm being very ambitious here. If they, if they lost 20% of the black vote, they would cease to be a national governing party. They wouldn't exist. They need to get around 90% of the black vote to continue to be a national party. And so they gin up that racial division. They have to. It's an existential question for them. If they ever allow black voters to realize that white supremacy is a complete fiction, they would lose their ability to win elections at the national level. So they talk about stupid nonsense. Like Adele's hair. Do you know Adele? I don't really know. it. She's a singer, I guess. Adele showed up and she put her hair in some kind of knots and she wore a Jamaican flag bikini and now people want to cancel her because she's not allowed to do her hair a certain way. She's not allowed to wear the flag of another country because it's cultural appropriation. Now, of course, all culture is appropriated. Culture comes from cultivation. It's what we cultivate in ourselves. When I read Tolstoy, I am not writing Tolstoy. I'm not pulling that out of my own imagination. I'm appropriating something from Russia. And that's good because it cultivates me. It, I, I am appropriating culture, which all culture must be but they have to talk about this stupid nonsense or they have to encourage people to get violent in the streets, which they're also doing. They have to burn the country to the ground. They have to lock people up indoors. They have to tell people they can't go vote, even though there's no scientific reason why people can't show up to vote. They have to do anything they can to steal the election because even though they have what you would call now cultural hegemony or political hegemony, 
They run the institutions. They run the administrative government. They do have so much power. It is fragile. It could crack. It could crack if they just, if they don't tighten that grip, which is exactly what they're doing. And it's working on a lot of people. You know, I, I said conservatives like to be really nice guys. So we like to say, ah, look, you can look, we love our country by waving the flag. You love your country by burning the flag. But I can't, I could never say that you don't love your country. This applies all the more so to religion, which is in religion, you say, look, the Catholic church, your local Christian denomination, your temple, they don't have political point of view. Religion has nothing to say about politics. You can't have politics and religion or religion and politics. And of course, the left never respects that. They try to infiltrate the churches with all of their leftism, but it's never allowed to go the other way. This has confused many, many faithful people, otherwise faithful people, including Jim Gaffigan, who's famously uh, Catholic. His wife, he refers to as a Shiite Catholic. And Jim Gaffigan practices the faith as well. I hope he does but he seems very confused. He just tweeted out, look, Trumpers, I get it. As a kid, I was a Cubs fan, and I know you stick by your team no matter what, but he's a traitor and a con man who doesn't care about you. Deep down, you know it. I'm sure you enjoy pissing people off, but you know Trump is a liar and a criminal. F. Lou Holtz, the uh, baseball coach. Biden is Catholic in name only compared to who? How many abortions did Trump pay for? How many women has he raped? How many times did he pull the SHIT he did in Ukraine? Wake up. He's a crook. He's a con man. By the way, no evidence that he paid for abortions. No evidence that he raped women. No evidence that he did anything in Ukraine. We know Hunter Biden and Joe Biden did, but not Donald Trump. Wake up. He's a crook and a con man. His argument being, this, this same stupid religious argument we've heard, which is, you can't tell me that it's, it's wrong for Joe Biden to pretend that he's a Catholic and then support abortions. You can't tell me. That's outrageous. There's no right way to be a Catholic. Right, that's the, there's, there's no wrong way to be a Catholic, at least. There is. There is. It is not acceptable for Catholics to vote for Joe Biden. You can't do it. You are imperiling your soul if you do that. Joe Biden supports infanticide up until the moment of birth paid for a taxpayer expense. Joe Biden supports suing nuns. He faithfully served an administration that sued nuns. He promised if he's elected again that he will sue more nuns. He persecutes the church. There are many other reasons too. A faithful Catholic cannot vote for Joe Biden. You are putting yourself in grave danger if you do. You don't need to take my word for it. Listen to a very courageous priest by the name of Father James Altman, who puts it even more bluntly. Here's a memo to clueless baptized Catholics out there. You cannot be Catholic and be a Democrat, period. Their party platform absolutely is against everything the Catholic Church teaches. So just quit pretending that you're Catholic and vote Democrat. Repent of your support of that party and its platform or face the fires of hell. Yes, Virginia, there is a hell. There's a, a well-known cleric who seems to be putting out there that, oh, hell is an empty place. Sorry, buddy, it's not what Jesus said. Jesus said many are going to choose that broad road to destruction. Only a few are going to choose the narrow, very difficult road to the narrow gate to heaven. There will be 60 million and counting aborted babies standing at the gates of heaven, barring 
your Democrat entrance, and nothing you can say will ever excuse you for your direct or indirect support of that diabolical agenda, period, the end. Couldn't have said it better myself. We don't say this sort of thing to be judgy, you know, to be really downers and fire and brimstone and Bible thumpers or whatever, whatever other phrase you want to hear. We say these sorts of things as an act of compassion because the truth will set you free and lies will ruin your life here and, and after here and in the eternal. You know, there's this left-wing premise, you see it especially with transgenderism, that the truth is cruel and mean and you shouldn't tell the truth like that a man is really a man and not a woman and that lies are compassionate and comforting and will help you thrive, which they won't, they'll kill you. You've got to resist that temptation. You've got to realize that the, the truth is a, a very good thing. I know it's, it seems like it should be so obvious, but now we're told don't tell the truth. Don't tell the truth about these political questions, how, how our religious views relate to politics. Don't forget, politics downstream of culture, culture downstream of religion, because cult and culture come from the same root word. Don't tell the truth about that. Don't tell the truth about white supremacy or race in America, because we just need to let those Democrats try to maintain their absurd lock on a certain voting demographic by spreading lies that are so vicious that they drive some people crazy enough to attempt murder. Don't tell the truth about the coronavirus because, you know, defer to the experts, better safe than sorry. Listen to the authority, unless the authority contradicts the political authority of the Democrats, in which case we've got to listen to them. That's a very cruel game. That's uh, very harmful to our health, to our lives, our health here on this planet, our health as a nation, and our life in the hereafter. Got to pay very attention. There are consequences to truth and lies. All right, tune in tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be back then. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.